You are listening to the audio podcast of Gethsemane Baptist Church, located in Long Beach, California, pastored by Eli Reynolds. Pastor, is that correct? That's just amazing, and he's been there for so many years, and uh, he's been a good friend to my, to my father-in-law, Faith's dad, Pastor Ray up in Napa, and, uh, and uh, he's, he's a preacher. He's an old-fashioned southern preacher, and I love it, and I can't wait for you to hear him, and uh, so I'd encourage you to enjoy this morning as he's preaching, and tonight, give an amen. Give an a- Let's try that again. Give an amen. Okay, thank you. Just making sure we're good there. And uh, Pastor Carr, we're so thankful you're here. Thank you for being here. Come preach to us. Let's give him a hand as he comes. Just to thank him for being here. Thank you. All right, if you have your Bibles, the book of Galatians, chapter number four, the book of Galatians, chapter four. It is a joy to be with you. I got to see if I did any good yesterday with the men. We got to see. I told all the men, I said, go buy your wife a diamond ring. How many ladies got a diamond ring? You're kidding, not one, di- oh, one, good, all right, praise God. I did not do that, I'm, so, I'm just carrying on. All right, man, we had a good time. You have some good men here, and, and I really enjoyed it. What a privilege to be here, I'm excited. Man, I love the facilities here. You, can get, you need a GPS to get around, and uh, wow, uh, this is really, really nice. Glad you're here for Sunday school at 9 o'clock in the morning. Glad that Sister Ray is doing better. We have prayed much uh, for her, and we're so glad that she's doing a lot better. And uh, praise the Lord for answer prayer. Can I get a witness there? All right, we've got to get started, though, because, you know, Sunday school, you got church right after this, so I cannot linger. I cannot stretch this out. Who knows what this is? It's a hard hat, okay? You should have got one when you came in this morning. I want you to be protected, okay? Everybody protected. No, it's just for me, just for an illustration, okay? Galatians chapter number 4, the book of Galatians chapter number 4. It'll make sense here just in a second, okay? Galatians chapter 4, if you don't mind, if you're able, why don't we stand? I'll read out loud, and you can just follow as I read. Once again, appreciate the nice room, appreciate the meals. You ladies did a, wow, tremendous job and, and, and the meals yesterday, outstanding, okay? Biscuits and gravy. I didn't know y'all had that in California, okay? Biscuits and gravy. Did y'all notice, the, you know, when I came in, it started raining and the weather cooled down? I brought that from Mississippi just for y'all, okay? Just for y'all, all right? And then somebody said, what is the weather like in Mississippi? Hot, hot, hot. And, uh, but it's been cool, 68 in the morning. How you like that, huh? All right, okay, that that was mean, wasn't it? I'm sorry. Galatians chapter number 4, I'll read out loud. Now, I say that the heir, as long as he is a child, differeth nothing from a servant, though he be Lord of all, but is under tutors and governors until the time appointed of the Father. Even so we, when we were children, were in bondage under the elements of the world. But when the fullness of the time was come, Don't you love this? God sent forth his son, made of a woman, made under the law. I love this word, to what? To redeem. Man, I'm glad I've been redeemed by the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. The word redeem means to buy back. Because of the fall of man, 
because of Adam's sin, uh, God had to buy us back. Amen? And how did he do that? The Bible says we're redeemed by the blood of Jesus Christ, okay? And not by our works, not by joining the church, but we're redeemed through Jesus Christ. To redeem them that were under the law, that we might receive the what? The adoption of sons. We have nine children between my wife and I, and we just adopted two little girls. And I don't have time to tell you the whole story, but we started all over again, okay? All over, all right? And... Uh, Adoption is a good Bible word, okay? You were born into God's family and then also adopted into God's family. Look at verse 6. And because you are sons, God had sent forth the spirit of his son into your hearts, crying, Abba, Father. Wherefore thou art no more a servant, but a what? But a son. And if a son, then an heir of God through Christ. You have an inheritance. Did you hear that? You have an inheritance if you are a child of God, okay? People like inheritance, okay? Look what the Bible says here uh, now in verse number 8. How be it then, when you knew not God, you did service unto them, which by nature are no gods. But now after that you have known God, or rather are known of God, how turn you again to the weak and beggarly elements, whereunto you desire again to be in bondage? You observe days and months, and times, and years. I am afraid of you, lest I have bestowed upon you labor in vain. Verse 12, Brethren, I beseech you, be as I am, for I am as ye are. Notice these words in verse 12. Ye have not, what is the word? Ye have not injured me at all. The word injured there means any wrong or damage done to a person's rights, reputation, or goods. Paul said to the churches at Galatia, he said here, you have not injured me at all. I want to go back and explain it really quick and then just kind of dive into the lesson. Father, we love you. Thank you for Sunday school. What a great crowd here this early morning for Sunday school and God, I pray that you would bless their efforts of coming. And God, that all of us would receive something from you. We love you. Thank you for the good men's meeting, for uh, the investment this church made in that. And uh, Lord, the ladies involved in, in the meals. And Lord, you've just been good to us. But Lord, we need your help today. I pray you'd help us. Well, thank you for it. In Jesus' name, we do pray and ask it all. Amen. You may be seated. Just, just a really quick background here in the book of Galatians. I love the book of Galatians. I really do. 66 books in the Bible. One of my favorite books in all the Bible is the book of Galatians. My life verse is in the book of Galatians. Galatians 6, 9. And let us not be weary in well-doing, for in due season we shall reap if we faint not. That is my favorite verse in all the Bible. I love the book of Galatians. Uh, there were some folks Paul had given them the gospel. Many of them had been saved. And Paul had moved on, and there were those who came behind Paul and began to confuse the new converts, began to confuse what you and I would call 
the baby Christians. They begin to say to them, you know, uh, yeah, you, you have to believe in Christ to be saved, but you also, you got you to gotta keep the law uh, as well in, in order to be saved. You, you know, you got to observe these days and these special uh, uh, Sabbaths, and you, uh, you, you have to be circumcised as well. Now, we, we understand that Christ died, but you also got to keep the law, and they was mixing the law and grace. You follow me? And so Paul is writing to them, and he says here in this chapter, he says, I want you to understand something. If you go back under the law, and, and you're trying to keep the law in order to keep yourself safe, Paul said, you're not hurting me. Paul said, you're not injuring me at all. That's, why, that's what he's talking about in the text, okay? That this church was kind of trying to keep the law in order to be saved or to stay saved. And Paul says, no, no, that, that's not the, the situation at all. And uh, it's totally what Christ did for us is how we're saved. You agree with that? By accepting Jesus Christ. So Paul says in verse 12, you have not, what, injured me at all. If you do this, you're not hurting me. You're hurting yourself. If you've ever been out to a job site, construction site, oftentimes when you go to a construction site, they will have a sign. And this sign will say, like, you know, 310 days with no injuries. Big companies invest a lot of money in what you call safety. And they're very conscious of people getting hurt on the job. Why? Because... A, lawsuits. B, if you have a lot of people begin to get hurt on your construction site, uh, your insurance can go really, really high. And then thirdly, if you try to get other contracts from other companies and your company, you know, is having a lot of injuries, you're, you're apt not to get that contract. And so companies are very conscious about getting injured or getting hurt. Something that I have found as a pastor for many years, that if, 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 if we could keep the people that we reached at the beginning of my ministry, you know, 39 years, if, if I had all of those folks, huh, you would need two or three of these buildings. I'm just telling, I'm just telling you the truth, to hold the people. And, and, and a lot of churches, what happens, people get saved. They, get, they start growing. They get in church. They may become a Sunday school teacher, you know, start soul winning. And then something happens, and they get hurt. They get offended. And they, they end up dropping out of church. And so I want to help you with that, okay? I want, I want to help you with that. Many have been hurt in church. A lot of pastors are out of the ministry because they got hurt. A lot of pastors' wives, pastors' children. A lot of Sunday school teachers, a lot of missionaries out of the ministry, staff members, because something happened. And they got hurt. They got injured, okay? And uh, now some people's uh, uh, cure for not getting hurt or for being hurt is just simply building a wall around them, okay? So I want to take a different approach. I want to try to help you this morning on how not to get hurt. As you begin to serve God in this church, as you begin to grow I want you to stay until, you know, until God moves you, or maybe to a mission field or, or, or something else. But it would be God that would move you and not because you got offended or because you got hurt. Can I get a witness there? And so I, I think it's so vital. Now, I'm not, I'm, I'm not preaching about what to do if you get hurt. I'm preaching to you or I want to teach you a lesson on how not to get hurt, okay? 
how not to get hurt. Look at the verse one more time, if you would. How not to get hurt. Now, again, if you go to a construction site, what they do, they give you a hard hat. They may give you a safety belt. They may give you some steel-toed boots. They may give you some safety glasses. They may give you some earplugs. And they'll give you all this equipment to try to keep you safe. And so what I'm going to do this morning, I'm going to try to give you some ingredients that would help to keep you from getting injured as you serve God. And also, these things are helping your marriage. It helps in a family. So many people have been offended in families. They get together at Christmas or Thanksgiving. You got people that don't want to even show up. Why? Because they got hurt. They got injured. So let me give you some things. Look at, look at Galatians chapter 4. Look at verse 12 again. Brethren, I beseech you, be as I am, for, I'm at, for I am as you are. Ye have not injured me at all. What Paul is saying to this church, he's saying this. He said, I want you to understand, if you do this, you're not going to hurt my service for God. You're not going to hurt my vision for God. You're not going to help my being effective for God. You're not going to hurt my zeal for God. You're not going to hurt my fellowship with God. You're not going to hurt my prayer life. You're not going to hurt my soul winning. You're not going to hurt my church attendance. You're not going to hurt my giving. Paul is saying, you're not going to hurt me. You have not injured me at all. So what, what did he have in his life that things would happen that he did not get injured spiritually, okay? I'm going to give them to you quickly. Number one, let your focus be on Jesus Christ. Go to, the, go, go to Galatians chapter number one. Just In my Bible, it's just one page back. Go to Galatians chapter number one. This is very important. Galatians chapter one, look at verse number 10. For do I now persuade men, or God, or do I seek to please men? For if I yet please men, I should not be the servant of Christ. You know, Paul's focus in life was not pleasing men. His focus was pleasing the Lord Jesus Christ. And that has got to become your focus. If, if not, I'm telling you, you're going to get hurt. You're going to get injured, and you're going to drop out of church. Go to the book of Colossians, okay? Go to the book of Colossians, chapter number 3. The book of Colossians, chapter number 3. I have seen this over and over and over again. I've seen people get saved, people get involved in church. I've seen them get offended, and I've seen them drop out of church. Look at Colossians, chapter number 3. Look at verse number 23. The Bible says... And whatsoever you do, do it what? Do it heartily as to who? As to the Lord, not unto man. Okay? Let me ask this question. Who are you serving? Now, I'm here to preach at Gethsemane Baptist Church. Okay? And I want to be a blessing. But if that is my total focus, I may leave disappointed. See, my focus needs to be on pleasing Jesus Christ. I hope that you get something out of my teaching. I hope that you get something out of my preaching. But my focus must be on Jesus Christ. I want to please the Lord. I want to please the Lord. Who are you serving? You should not be serving the pastor. You serve with the pastor. You should not be serving the church. You serve in the church. But you serve Jesus Christ. In the church. That is a big difference. So many people are doing what they're doing for the pastor or they're doing what they're doing uh, for the church. No, your focus has to be on Jesus Christ. Is he pleased with your service? You see the difference? Let your focus be on Jesus Christ. Several years ago, we was looking for a principal 
for our Christian school. I was preaching in Corinth, Mississippi. That's about uh, seven hours, I think, about no, about six hours from, from where I pastor. It's the top, of, of, uh, at the very bottom in Mississippi on the coast there at the Gulf. Uh, this, this particular city is at the very top of our state. It's about nine miles from the Tennessee line. So I was there preaching a meeting, and uh, I had a, a brother call, and he said, Brother Carr, I'd heard that you was looking for a principal. So-and-so told me, and uh, I'd like to come to the meeting and meet with you and talk with you. I said, that would be great. So he, he drove over. He was a few hours away. He drove over to the meeting. Him and I met for several hours, talked about our Christian school and things of that nature. And so I invited him down. I said, come down, look at the church, and, and uh, look at the school, and we'll talk some more. And uh, I said, bring your wife. Now, his wife was a piano player. She taught piano for over 20-something years. She was a fabulous, tremendous piano player. And my sister, I have five older sisters. I had three older brothers. My uh, oldest brother just passed away two, about three years ago with cancer. And, and I'm the youngest in the family. And, but my oldest sister has been playing the piano in our church for nearly, I've been there pastoring the church for almost 39 years. She's been playing the piano for probably about 35 years. And a very faithful, hardly ever, ever misses Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night. And uh, so I told my sister, I said, well, I got this couple coming. And he, he's coming to look at being the principal of our Christian school. His wife plays the piano. If you don't mind, he's also a choir director. He can lead the choir. Uh, I think for Sunday morning, I will let him uh, lead the choir and let his wife play the piano. You're okay with that? She said, that's fine. Not, not a problem. And I said, okay. And so sure enough, that Sunday morning, I let him lead our choir. And my brother-in-law, who's also our song leader, been with me for nearly 39 years. I got to lead him to Christ. So he, he leads the, uh, the congregation. This dear brother, he's going to lead our choir. And uh, so he did that. And doing, we had the offertory, just like you had an offertory this morning. And uh, uh, this dear lady played our offertory. And now, did she ever play the offertory? I mean, she was zoom and zoom. She was up and down uh, on that piano. I mean, she played the offertory like you've never heard an offertory played. And when she got done, something that had never happened in our church, all the years I pastored, this had never happened. When she got done playing the offertory, everybody clapped. My heart sunk. Because I was thinking for over 30-something years, my sister has played the piano at this church, and that has never happened one time. And my thought was, man, I bet you she is crushed. I bet she is just, just offended, upset. She is mad. You know, she never got an applause for, for playing the piano. She's been doing it for all of these years. So that was Sunday. Monday morning, uh, I'm traveling. I'm on I-10, and uh, I'm, I'm traveling. I call my sister, and uh, you, you have to know my sister, okay? She's the oldest, you understand? I'm the youngest. Do I need to say any more? Can you connect any dots there? And, uh, and so she's the oldest. I'm the youngest. I call her, and she says, uh, Dan, I know what you want. Right off the bat, I mean, as soon as she answered, I know what you want. I know why you called. She said, I know what happened yesterday. She said, I, 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 uh, I, I know. They clapped and, 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 and applauded that, that dear lady that was played the offertory. And, and I know they, they've never did that for me. She said, I, I, I know what happened. Man, I was speechless. I was silent. Then she said this. She said, I want you to understand something. She said, I don't play the piano for you, and I don't play the piano for the church. She said, I play the piano for the Lord Jesus Christ. And I thought in myself, yes, yes, she got it, amen. She didn't quit. She didn't fall out. She didn't get hurt. She didn't get her feelings hurt. Why? Because she is playing for Jesus Christ. 
Whether you get the applause or don't get the applause, you're not playing for the applause. You're playing for Jesus Christ. Can I get a witness? That will help you continue to serve God. Let your focus be on the Lord Jesus Christ. Number two, be willing to deny self. Look in Galatians. That was chapter one. Look in Galatians chapter number two, a very, very familiar verse. Quickly, look at it. Galatians chapter two and look at verse 20. I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live, yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God, who what? Loved me and gave himself for me. Notice Paul writes and says, I am crucified with Christ. I am crucified with Christ. The Bible says, for he that is dead is free from sin. Listen to John at chapter 12 in, in a very familiar verse. Dr. Lee Robertson used to quote this uh, all the time. In, in John chapter 12 and verse 24, Barely, barely, I say unto you, except a corn of wheat fall into the ground and die, it abideth alone. But if it die, it bringeth forth much fruit. You've got to deny yourself. You've got to die to self. In Matthew chapter 16 in verse 24, listen to what Jesus said. Then said Jesus unto his disciples, if any man will come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. If you're going to stay in church and serve God and not get hurt and wind up getting your feelings hurt and, and bail out on the Lord, number one, you've got to let your focus be on Christ. Number two, be willing to deny yourself. Now, what does that mean? Okay, that simply means let Christ have his way in your life. That means putting others ahead of yourself. Do you know by nature we are all selfish? All of us. We all received uh, a nature from Adam that has been corrupt. That's why Jesus said you got to be born again to go to heaven, right? Because our nature, by nature, we're selfish. Have you ever noticed when you get in the car, if it's real hot, and you cut the AC on, who put the vents to work? You put the vents towards you. Have you ever noticed if you go to Walmart, you're looking for a place to park, and I mean, you, you, you want to get a, it's raining, and you want to get a place, you know, a parking spot right by, you know, as close as you can to the doors, and here's some sweet elderly lady, she, she's trying to get to that spot, and, and you're trying to get to that spot, and you can see she's, you know, she's going to, and you speed up. And you get in that parking spot, yes, I beat her. And then you get in there and you get your stuff and, and there's this sweet elderly lady. She's getting her stuff and you're looking for a, a, a cashier that the line is short. Can I get a witness? And so here's this sweet elderly lady. She's got her buggy. You got your buggy. And you can see a light comes on and man, a counter just opens and you take off. And you cut her off. And you get ahead of her. And again, you're like, Yes. And then you turn around, you reach in your pocket and say, man, I want to invite you to Gethsemane Baptist Church. <laughs> now, we're all laughing, and we should, but let's get honest. We're all selfish. We ought to put Christ. Look, life ought to be about Christ. It's not about us. The church here is not about you. It's about Jesus Christ. By the way, the church belongs to Jesus. He said, upon this rock, I will build my church. He bought the church by his blood. 
Be willing to deny yourself. I'm sure you heard this story. I love it. It illustrates uh, quickly. If I don't hurry up, we may have to do a part two on this sermon, okay? And uh, I can't, that can't happen, okay? And if I just have to give you the points, I will. But anyway, this, this truck driver was driving. He was driving, and he was getting sleepy. And he started dozing off, but the, the rest, the next rest stop was so far away. He just pulled over on his shoulder of the road. Not supposed to do that, but he just couldn't stay awake. And so he pulled over. He was hauling caskets. Caskets, you don't put people, caskets. So he thought, you know, man, he was sleeping. So he, he, he got out of the cab and he went back there and opened the doors. And he got in one of those caskets. Laying down. Take a nap. So a highway patrolman comes by. And he sees this 18-wheeler pulled on the shoulder of the road. So a highway patrolman gets out, and he's got a flashlight, and he's looking around, goes to the cab, and looking for somebody. Nobody's in the cab. And he kind of shines a light on the truck, and it says caskets. He goes to the back and looking, and he notices the door, you know, the double door, they're not shut all the way. So the highway patrolman pulls that one of those double doors, and makes that noise, you know what I'm talking about? When he does that, wakes the man up, and he sets up in the casket. The highway patrol was like, man, what are you doing? You scared me to death. Why are you back here in this casket? You said, well, I got sleep and tired, and I thought I would be safe. If I get back here in this casket, nobody would bother me. For he that is dead is freed from sin. Are you, are you with me? We need to be dead to self. The reason we're so easily offended, we're so much alive to self. Amen. Hey, how not to get hurt? Let your focus be on Christ. I said, number two, be willing to deny self quickly. Love God's word. Great peace have they which what? Love thy law and what? Nothing shall offend them. Notice it didn't say great peace have they which read thy word. Now, I believe if you love it, you will read it. But we need to fall in love with God's word. There, there's going to be no spiritual success without God's word, right? Uh, Psalms uh, 1, the book of Psalms, we all know this. Many of us could probably quote it. In Psalms 1, says, uh, But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law doth he meditate day and night. And he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water, bringing forth his fruit in his season. His leaf also shall not wither, and whatsoever he doeth, what? Shall prosper. There's, spiritual, there's no spiritual growth outside of God's word. As newborn babes desire the sincere milk of the word that ye may what? Grow thereby. There's not going to be victory over sin without God's word. Thy word have I hid in my heart uh, that I might not sin against thee. You're not going to have large faith without God's word. Faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. We've got to fall in love with God's word. Now, some men in this room, they love fishing. Some men in this room love, love hunting. Uh, some ladies in this room love shopping. I know some ladies don't like shopping, but most do. Matter of fact, we have what is called Black Friday. And buddy, you better not get in no woman's way. You're taking your life in your own hands. They open them doors, them ladies are standing there and they're all running. Some people love shopping. My wife wants me to go shopping with her sometimes. 
go to the mall. And I said, babe, there's something about the concrete that's in the floor at the malls that hurt my feet. Now, I can walk all day hunting in the woods and my feet never hurt. Come on, fellas. We're amazing. We go with our wives to the mall. We're looking for a seat as soon as we get there. Because we don't love it. We want to go in and get what we want and leave. But my wife, man, she's an amazing lady. She'll walk around and she'll look and she'll put this in the bucket and she'll look, she'll put this in the bucket and she'll look. And then before we're done, she'll go put it all back. It's like getting a fix. You know what I mean? Getting a fix. All right? We need to fall in love with God's word. You know the Bible says that his commandments are not grievous? You know, we look at the Bible as a bunch of things that God's telling us not to do. We need to look at the Bible as God's love letter. Because that's exactly what the Bible is. The Bible is God's love letter to you to tell you how much he loves you. Remember the old days before the email and the te- all of the technology when a man was in Vietnam or World War II, his sweetheart would write a letter. and She put those little kisses on it and the, and the, uh, uh, the uh, uh, sergeant would say, mail call, mail call, and he'd have these letters and G.I. would run. He'd get that letter and have those hearts and, and he'd, 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 he'd open it up. Tears coming down his face, and he'd read the letter. Honey, I just miss you so much. The kids are growing, and he'd read that, put that letter on his pillow. Then at, you know, 12 o'clock at night with a flashlight, he's reading it again because it's a love letter from home. Are y'all with me? This is a love letter from home. Can I get a witness? That'll help you. Great peace, how they which love thy law, and nothing shall offend them. When I get, when I get offended, I get hurt, I'm, I say, God, I'm sorry that I don't love your word the way I should. We need to fall in love with God's word. Number four, quickly, how not to get hurt. I said, number one, I said, uh, let your focus be on Christ. Number two, be willing to deny self. Number three, love God's word. Number four, realize God has allowed you to be attacked. Go to 2 Samuel quickly. 2 Samuel, you've got to see this. You've got to see this. 2 Samuel chapter 16. Absalom has come to take the kingdom from his father. And David is fleeing the kingdom. David doesn't want to fight his son. David doesn't want to kill his own son. So David chooses to flee instead of fight. And later you know the story that there was a fight and Absalom got killed by Joab. But when David was fleeing the kingdom, there was a man by the name of Shimei. As David was fleeing, as David was leaving, a man by the name of Shimei was casting rocks at David and cussing him. And look at 2 Samuel 16. Verse 9, then said Abimeshah, who is David's nephew, the son of Zariah, unto the king, Why should this dead dog cuss my lord the king? Let me go over, I pray thee, and take off his head. And the king said, What have I to do with you, you sons of Zariah? That was David's sister. So let him curse. So let him curse, because the Lord had said unto him, Curse David. Who, who shall then say, Wherefore hast thou done so? And David said to Abimeshai and to all his servants, Behold, my son, which came forth out of my bowels, seeketh my life. How much more shall may this Benjamite do it? Let him alone. Let him curse, for the Lord hath what? Bidden him. That means what David is saying. God has allowed him to cuss me. It may be that the Lord will look on my affliction and that the Lord will require or to repay me good for his cursing. They say, in other words, David is saying, this guy's cussing him out, 
and David stops. One, guy, one of his nephews wants to go kill him. David says, no, no. God has allowed him to cuss me, and if I respond correctly to his cursing, who knows the blessings that will come upon my life. Did not Jesus say, bless those that curse you? I said, did not Jesus say, bless those that curse you? I was out uh, knocking doors. An evangelist was having a revival, and we was in a trailer park, and there was this uh, uh, two young men, probably in their 30s. I was probably in my early 20s, and uh, they was working on a car. Their mother was leaning against the car like this. As me and the evangelist walked up, we had the flyers tracks. Uh, I put one uh, on, the, on the fender. I gave one to mom. That was her two boys, and, and the mom started crying. I'm like, you know. She started crying. She said, would you please pray for my two boys? Now, you are a pastor. The mother's crying. She asked you to pray for her sons. What are you going to do? Pray. So I said, okay, let's pray. So the evangelist, the mom, who's up in age, and, and so we grabbed hands, and I started praying. You know, dear Lord, I don't know what the problem is here. The need. And all of a sudden, bam, one of them hit me. Hit me, busted my nose, blood going everywhere. And, uh, and the evangelist looks at me like, what did you say? I said, what did I say? What do you mean? All I was doing was praying. And the man smacked me right in the nose. So I pulled out my handkerchief. I used to box, okay? And, uh, it, but it's hard to do that when your eyes are closed. And so I said, all right, let's go ahead and pray. But this time I did this. I said, now, dear Lord, for <laughs> I didn't, I didn't shut both eyes that time. Now, why did God allow that man to hit me? I don't know. Maybe to make you laugh this morning. I don't know. Okay, but I do know this. God could have gave him a heart attack before he hit me. God allowed the man to hit me. I, I don't know why. And why do certain things come in our lives? You're never going to figure it all out. Maybe God wants to grow you. Maybe God wants to correct you. Maybe God is trying to conform you into the image of his son. Uh, as God allowed Joseph's brothers to sell him, maybe there's a bigger picture here that you won't realize till we get to heaven. But I do know this. Whatever comes in your life, somebody's mean to you, gossips on you, lies on you, whatever it is, you got to realize God has allowed the attack. But you know, i got a God that's so big, he can take a curse and make it a blessing. And that brings me to my last point. How to keep from getting hurt. I said, number one, let your focus be on Christ. Be willing to deny yourself. Love God's word. Realize God has allowed you to be attacked. But listen to this. This is good. Believe God that the attack can turn out for your good. And we know that all things work together for good to them that love God. Remember Joseph, what he said in Genesis chapter 50 after Jacob had died, and they had the funeral. And Joseph's brothers hated him, and they sold him. And now the funeral's over, and everybody's you know, kind of coming back home from the funeral. And so Joseph's brother sends word. And they said in verse 17, So shall you say unto Joseph, Forgive, I pray thee now, the trespass of thy brother and their sin, for they did unto thee evil. Now we pray thee, forgive the trespass of the servants of the God of thy father. And Joseph wept. When they spake unto him. And his brethren also went and fell down before his face. And they said, Behold, we be thy servants. And Joseph said unto them, Fear not, for am I in the place of God. But as for you, you thought evil against me. But God meant it unto good 
to bring to pass as it is this day to save much people alive. Joseph says to his brothers, I know y'all meant to destroy me. I know y'all meant to get rid of me. But look what God did. God took what y'all did to me and saved all of our lives. We have an awesome God that's got it together. Can I get a witness? They can see a million miles from here, okay? They can see a million years from here. And we have to trust God. That God can take that and turn it out for your kid. If you're not careful, you're going to be in this church. And one day, it's going to be the nursery. Your kid's going to get bit in the nursery. One day, we're going to have a, we're going to have a special meeting, and you didn't get to ask to sing the special. There's going to be a baby shower, and everybody went to sister so-and-so's baby shower, but hardly nobody came to your baby shower. If you're not careful, you're going to get hurt. If you're not careful, you'll stop coming to church. Before you know it, you'll be out of church altogether. But Paul said, ye have not injured me at all. God has given us the necessary equipment so that we can live on this planet, amen, and not get hurt spiritually to where we stop serving God. Man, I hope this truth would help you, not just today, but in years to come. Our Father, we love you. Thank you for the Sunday school hour.